allow allowing them to have freedoms, but really tapping into being in the question of, okay, if I allow them to do this, is everything going to be okay? And then also letting them know that they need to use their own intuition and knowing and awareness as well. And a lot of that isn't taught with kids. It's like everything is about what you know as a parent. You don't know any better. You're little. You need to listen to me. And it's like, okay, so there has to be a little bit of that. Yeah right? Because there needs to be boundaries, but then also allowing them to know what they know too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Relationships and Different Podcast. I'm your host, Leandra Costa, and today I have the amazing Danielle Tully. Hello, Danielle. How are you? Hello, beautiful. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm great. So good to have you here and um, to have this conversation with you. Uh, just before we started, Danielle was like, do you have kids? I was like, yes, I'm very excited for this conversation. <laughs> what can we create with relationships that are different with our kids? And I love the points that you sent me uh, beforehand and, you know, the questions that you have. But um, Danielle, tell me, how and where do you do relationships and different with your kids? <laughs> oh, wow. Where do I start? Um, I guess a lot of it comes from really reflecting on the way I was parented too. Although I use the tools of access consciousness, obviously, um, it's like I've really reflected on the way I was parented. And I do use some of the things that my parents did funnily enough, because I love some of the old school methods. Um, and also I look at where things didn't work. So I really tend to be, well, I try my best, you know, we can only ever try our best, but I, I tend to look at where I can be really present with parenting. And if something's not working, I'm like, okay, where could I choose greater? Where could I choose better? What can I be or do different in this situation? So that's where, where really I parent from. I love that. And can you tell me more about like the old school? Like what, what was it that you got from your parents? They're like, yes, you know, some people are not using now or not having that, but that works for me. What is it? Can you give us an example? Well, my I got, because I grew up in the 70s, I was born in 1975. So basically we were allowed out on the street and you didn't come home till the street light was on. You had a lot of freedom and kids these days don't get as much freedom as what we did. They're very, uh, you know, like almost indoors. Exactly. Yeah. And they're kept <laughs> indoors and they're on these iPads and yeah. everything's very, very different. So I look at, I've allowed my kids to have freedom from a very young age. So at around eight, I think they were around eight or nine, I let them start walking to school together on their own. And the first time that they did that, I obviously followed them in the car to make sure <laughs> that they wouldn't, because they were had to cross main busy roads. So my main concern was, are they going to use the lights? Are they going to get across okay? So I, I stalked them and I followed them and I realized actually they're okay. They're doing well. And it's it's always like as a mum, like really using your intuition, using your awareness, using your knowing mm -hmm. and allow, allowing them to have freedoms, but really tapping into 
being in the question of, okay, if I allow them to do this, is everything going to be okay? And then also letting them know that they need to use their own intuition and knowing and awareness as well. And a lot of that isn't taught with kids. It's like everything is about what you know as a parent. You don't know any better. You're little. You need to listen to me. And it's like, okay, so there has to be a little bit of that. Yeah right? Because there needs to be boundaries, but then also allowing them to know what they know too. I love that. And I love that you already knew that, you know, they were aware of crossing the roads. And yes, I'm a mom. I would, I, I probably would do the same in a busy road. I'll be looking at. <laughs> and, uh, and to me, that's, this conversation is amazing because this is it. It's like when I also have a 10 year old and he goes to a, you know, totally different, different school where the, he's, he chooses the time, whatever he does with his time in there. So it just builds him into really being this person that asks questions in a small body. <laughs> We know that, you know, we are already infinite beings in small bodies, the kids are, but he, you know, it gives them this space of they are being heard and they're being seen and they can ask questions. So with that as well, how do you see your kids when you have give this space to them, you know, as they grow up? I know what, what are they age, their ages? Yeah. So I've got a 12 year old and a 14 year old. Uh-huh. And so my, my son's bordering on becoming a teen this year and, and you can yeah. already see it like you know, emerging. And then I've got a 14 year old that's turning 15. So, or trying to be 30, you know, it's kind of like that. <laughs> so do you see that with you he, having this space and really giving them, uh, you know, like, I, I'm going to say the allowance to be themselves and, you know, the, is that, do you see that really giving you and them what they are? And as parenting, is this easier? In a really, way. because then it gives you more time to have space for you, but also allows them to grow their confidence and to feel empowered. And they also see and notice that perhaps it's not happening around them with their other friends. Like they're not uh-huh. maybe getting as much freedoms. And so they're like, okay, maybe my mum's not so bad after all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> as they come as in nature, my mum is fine. <laughs> And you mentioned something, and I'd love for you to talk about parenting triggers and how to navigate them. Especially now that we even spoke about teenagers, teens, we love you. But it's just like (laughs) we know how hormones play with the bodies as well. How do you see that? And look, you know, like I've got to say this first and foremost, I grew up with a very emotionally reactive mum. So I learned a lot of that emotional reactivity Um, And it's something that I've had to undo. So, and be more present as a parent. Um, Sorry, what was your question again? So you mentioned parenting, how triggers and how to navigate the triggers that, you know, you as a parent and and, and also the kids, you know, with this relationship. Yeah, so I really biomimetically mimicking is when you mimic someone else's behavior. And I'd mimicked my mom's behavior. So I had to undo that. And it's really being that, Um, calm and space for them and whatever energy is required in that moment so we know that there's things like distract distractor implants okay so anger rage fury and hate and if you're met with a child that's throwing fury at you because given their brain is developing very differently like their brains don't stop developing until they're 25 right and Mm -hmm. I think it's the amygdala which is developing the most during those teen years so 
that is responsible for that emotional reactivity. So you're going to get a lot of that. And so you as a parent have to be more of that calm and that space and being present, being in the question in that moment, because you will be met with that, those triggers and them having a trigger can trigger you depending on how you were brought up and so on and so so forth. As I've just said that I was, I had an emotionally triggered mother. So I have to work on this more than probably a lot of people. Um, And so one tool that I use, and I've used this a lot, particularly with my son too, because he can tend to go zero to a hundred with anger. He's on the spectrum of autism as well. And he's got ADD. So, um, you know, like if he's doing anger, like I've, I've got to be like pulling energy from him to pull all those walls and barriers down. It's like pulling the wind out of their sails. And so you can start to see them really relaxing and calming down. And then perhaps then you can go in with a bit of logic. But I find that if you're trying to go in with logic with a kid that's fired up and triggered, it gets you nowhere. So a lot of the time, both of you need some time and space. Like I've even said to my son at times, I'm not feeling safe right now because, you know, when Mm. someone's in rage, you think I might pick up something and like hit you with it or bonk you on the head or whatever. So I will say to him things like, you know, I'm not feeling safe right now. You're not making me feel safe. So I'm going to leave you for a moment. You do your anger into your pillow or whatever else you need to do. I'm going to take myself out of this situation and let's like talk about it later. And when they've calmed down, you can then sort of say, Hey, what, what happened there? What's underneath that? Because when we look at distractor implants, like anger, rage, fury, and hate, what's underneath that that's creating that trigger? And, it's and I love how it is. And I love how also you didn't, you don't go to reaction to it, which can then escalate to a crazy way. <laughs> Correct. And as a mum, we've all been there, right? Yes, we've, yeah. be, we've met that energy with that energy and it yeah. doesn't create anything greater. It doesn't so create go. Okay, next time, like yeah. like 10 second increments, Leandra, like yeah. next time yeah. I'm not going to choose that because that didn't work. And also it's, I would love to remind listeners, moms here, that when you go to the reaction, you're like, damn it, I did it again. And you're going to judgment, just stop, you know, oh. what's next? What can I be next? And and the tools that you, you, you just described, this is it. It's like, it's really being there with your son when he's there and ask this question and be in that space. And I love how you said, I'm not feeling safe. I'm going to leave you now. It also brings him to, okay, you know, so why am I being My here? My mom's not Even... feeling safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I was going to point on that, actually, when you said, who am I being here? Because I often, from when my kids were very young age, I would say to them, if they were being crazy, who are you being right now? Mm-hmm. Who are you being? And then if you're doing that as the parent too, who am I being right now? Yes. And then that gets you back to that present moment because you might be acting out your mum's behaviour. You might be acting out their energy because remember, we're all telepathic. We're picking up on all the thoughts, feelings and emotions. So you may be so calm all day and in the best happy mood and someone can come in and then you can get flipped onto their side, right, so easily if you're not being, uh, if you're not willing to be present in that moment. Yeah. I love that. Wow. So cool. And um, 
So when you talk about like this, to me, this communication that you had with your son when he was in this, you know, um, really even not being himself in a way without him even knowing, um, brings me to one of the points you, you mentioned about the open communication that you have with, with them. Can you tell us more? How, how is this? Is like the questions that you use or what are you being with that? Yeah, well, actually, I had an incident just recently with my daughter where um, she came into my bedroom. I was actually sitting on the edge of my bed and I was filing my nails. I was literally minding my own business, having a moment to myself. <laughs> and she slid in next to me and sat on the edge of the bed, right? And she kind of took me off surprise and she started engaging in a conversation about some people and and what was happening in a situation. And instead of sitting there in that moment and asking her, hey, do you want some feedback here? I didn't ask that. And mm -hmm. that's what you could ask. Hey, do you want some feedback here? Or would you like me to just listen to you? I didn't ask mm -hmm. that. I went into a problem solving. So I said to her, hey, um, what you could do there and put my facilitator cap on yeah. and gave her some <laughs> you know, some ideas. And she didn't like that. She said, you're lecturing me. Uh -huh. Cracked it, got up, stormed out of the room and slammed her door. Anyway, in that moment, I got up to, went, went into her room and I said, hey, I'm really sorry for interrupting you. Um, I'm listening now. Do you want to try again? Oh, I love that. So taking responsibility for my part in the fact that it didn't go down so well and I didn't listen, I didn't, I wasn't there for her how she wanted to be me for, there for her. And although she didn't come back straight away, she just needed some time to process what just happened. She came back a few minutes later and we didn't talk about what had happened or the rest of the story. We just did some other things and had a bit of fun and so it's really about having that op open communication so that they trust you enough to be able to vent um, without you butting in, but always knowing that you are there to support them if they need advice or some feedback or some tools on that. And they're not always going to want those tools and advice because at that age as a teenager, their job is to separate from you for survival. They needed a survival. And actually, funnily enough, the way that the body and the brain works is they are ready to procreate, right? To create really, as they become. Oh, yeah, of course. Because uh -huh. their body is, their body's ready emotionally in this society, the way it's set up now, they're not. They're not. Uh -huh. But in the wild, in tribes and stuff, they would have had babies. So their job for, for you, from you is to separate from you and start their own tribe. Yeah. And so in this society, that's their peers right uh-huh you're wrong in their eyes you're what you all do yeah <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about you're stupid you know, you're all relate. <laughs> you're yeah. a dumbass what are you <laughs> that's they did it differently back in your yeah. days so they don't want to listen to you and they'll they'll want to listen to you later like after 25 once that brain's developed like I was talking about earlier so in the meantime to keep that open communication you've really got to be total total space right you do you do yes and, and I love even, that you really want to say something zip it mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I love that and one of the things I do with Zach he's not a team yet but you know he's very much He's uh, like your your 
your son, he's got his amazing abilities and he can be this, you know, very um, in, you know, unique uh, kid and so on. And sometimes he doesn't want to talk or he doesn't. And I kind of, I kind of see, I can perceive that, he, that there's something there. And um, so one thing that he loves doing is baking. So I just invite him to bake with me. <laughs> and it's so cool because, you know, he's not in his mind, like, oh, you know, he's, it's like this safe space that's created for him. Somehow he loves that. And then we just start chatting. So what if we can also kind of know what, you know, how can we be with our kids? What would make them really feel that they can talk and they can be themselves? Because sometimes even us, the parents, we are in our heads, like you said. We are busy. We are thinking of the cooking, of the classes, of the job, of whatever we are doing. Falling the nails. (laughs) But when you really, (laughs) yeah, it did. And then when we are like, okay, so she, you know, what she wanted was this space to be with me, talk I didn't need to talk, to talk. say anything. Yeah, just one talk, mom. That's it. Thank you for your for your five times, five minutes and go. And uh, yeah, how can we be and what can we be really to be more in this connection with them? And yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And finding thing like the baking, like for me with my kids, it's in the car. So we have this rule, no phones in the car. They're not allowed to scroll. They're not allowed to text. They have to be present in the car. Because I always say to my daughter, if I'm going to drive you in peak hour traffic to get you to school and back, the least you can do is put your phone down and we can have like a, you know, conversation. Our best conversations are in the car. And just recently I was at a parent and and son um, night at my son's school and one of the mums says that she takes her kids possum hunting and that's when they talk. So they're uh-huh. looking at possums yeah. um, and then all the information comes out. So like you said, like finding that groove with your child, whatever that is, could be baking, could be um, before bedtime, it could be, you know, in the car, you know, whatever it is for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, find that space yeah. and time where they will open up and just shh and listen yeah. comes out because that's most of the time that's what they require it's like okay my mom's here she listens she's with me bye more, you know how often do you go and like oh i'm working i'm in the computer working from home and he's here and i go like are you okay zach it's like of course i am you're here you know it's like how many times do we go to places like oh I'm, i should be connecting but you're ready because that's what you know they require yeah. mostly is you being Just there you being know. there yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So before we go, Danielle, anything that we have not spoke about and you're like, wow, you know, um, with the tools and, and being a relationships and different facilitator, I really got there and I really use that with my kids and it has changed as well. And also, of course, you gave us already so many. Yeah, gems. I guess like, yeah, just reminding yourself that don't get pulled into the distractor implants of anger, rage, fury, hate, blame, shame, regret, guilt, like they're the major ones. Um, and also living in 10, 10 second increments with your kids. I guess I'm just touching on everything that we've talked about just mm-hmm. as a reminder, but yeah. um, living in 10 second increments. So if you show up as a parent in a way that you didn't like or didn't work, you've got 10 seconds to choose something different, right? Yes. Um, try not to go. I know it's really hard, but try not <laughs> to go into judgment of yourself. Don't do judgment. It doesn't create anything greater. So it's like literally looking at the situation and go, okay, that didn't work so well. What could I choose different next time? I love that. Reminding yourself, who am I being here if you go into emotional reactivity, right? Who am I being here? If they're acting crazy, ask, who are you being here right now? Who are you being 
it will allow them to get back into the present moment. They may not get it straight away. They might shoot a bit of bit more venom at you. Um, but practice also, if there's anger in a situation, pulling energy from them, that will allow their walls and barriers to, you know, come down, allow the space mm-hmm. for that to happen so that you can come in from a different space. Um, allowing things to simmer down before you have the conversation again that's a big one if you're in a distractor implant wait (laughs) be patient patient you can ask yourself all the distractor implants that are creating this like some people say do 10 second breathing breathe in breathe out breathe in breathe out 10 seconds right but you could actually just say all the distractor implants that are creating this situation and then ask to destroy and uncreate them all right let yes. them go. Let the let the earth suck them up, whatever is required. And then see, like wait for the space to allow for you to come back in with a different, with a different energy. Yeah. And also ask what energy is required in this situation. Because sometimes being really aggressively present without anger, but that like being present in a situation like if you do that again. Mm-hmm. I will I will punish you, for example, I will if you do that again, I will punish you in ways that you will never imagine and delivering that intensity at them could be the thing that shifts the energy of a situation. Yeah, it could also be kindness. It could also be caring. It could also be gratitude. Like what energy do I need to be here in this situation that's going to create the greatest? for both me and my child asking that question is key I think because it might not be what you think it might not be what we think or you're ready try to figure out what to do right so when you get question (laughs) you get the easier response isn't it Danielle (laughs) I need to punish them that is the right way to do do that in this situation but it might not be like there's been situations where I could have punished my daughter, but I'm like, actually, that's not going to create anything greater. So I'm not choosing that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Danielle, for this conversation. <laughs> and if you're listening to us here, we have much, many more other episodes and you can find information about Danielle and other RDD facilitators. RDD stands for Relationship Tangifying Facilitators. We have classes around the world where we talk about kids, parenting, you know, relationship with ourselves, with the others and anything else and anyone else and anything. <laughs> Thank you so much, Danielle. Uh, and I hope to meet you at some point soon. That would be awesome. Thank you for having me on. Bye.